Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And it is a gray, rainy day on this uh, day in November that is the anniversary of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, by the way. Oh, fun fact. All of the fun facts. So um, it's very fitting that the weather is just kind of meh. Yeah, rest in yeah. peace all those who died on the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, so go listen to you some Gordon Lightfoot today in honor of it, or <laughs> however you memorialize. He sings you memorialize. a song about it. Yeah, there's the yeah. record of Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I think so. I know there's a song about yeah. it. But. So, well, that's, that's fun. Ditty. Yeah. Yeah, so. Any other I, November 10th facts? <laughs> November 10th facts. <laughs> um, nope. <laughs> okay, okay. That's all I got. I just can't believe it's already the 10th of November. It's just like, I oof. can't either. November has just like. Boom. Yeah, Boom, fast. Gone. Very fast. So. Which is interesting because, um, you know, it, it means we've already gone through. So last weekend was All Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do a podcast last week. Apologies, y'all. But like, it's my fault. Molly was, was away. Um, mm-hmm. I figured you didn't want to just hear me talk. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but but we're back and now we're diving in and we've got a few more weeks before we um, we wrap up the church year and then begin start the new, start year. The new year. Which the new year is Advent. 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 Mm-hmm. So Christ the King is the final Sunday, traditionally. We're doing it as a um, kind of an Indigenous People's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun and a little different. We did that kind of last year. So mm-hmm. It's um, nice. Good, good. Kind of shakes us up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Helps us think a little differently about relationship with God and pr- land and yeah, world. Yeah. Spirit and, yeah, creation. What is yeah. created. A little more connection to the creation. Yeah. So. Pulls us a little, little bit away from imperialism and manifest destiny and all that, right? Okay, all right, yep, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yep. So anyway. anyway, yeah, so but right now we're in the apocalyptic times coming up woo. this Sunday, which this will probably be a low turnout Sunday because it's hunting season up here. So, well, this Sunday maybe not. The It'll next be Sunday? next Sunday because oh, the fifteenth is opening day for yeah. firearm season here. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll see all this Sunday then. Anyway, so we're into the apocalyptic texts of Luke. So Luke is getting kind of angsty about what is going (laughs) to come next. Kind of angsty. Yeah. Yes. Luke's Jesus is getting stressed about what's going to happen because we're we're near the end of Luke. We're in chapter 21. So it's kind of the march towards um, Jerusalem. Yeah. And Mm. crucifixion and resurrection. And so. So it's ominous. It is, but remember, so like one of the things that I, I was thinking about with this text as I was I was thinking before we um, we sat down was that one of the interesting things to think about with the apocalypse is that apocalypse literally just means the unveiling, the revealing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's the revelation. Revelation, yeah. right. Revealing of knowledge. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that one of the things to think about with this text is that like, how is Luke engaging with that imagery? But what does this also mean for Luke's Jesus in relationship to how Luke sees the world? Because mm-hmm. like one of the things we've talked yes. a lot about is Luke kind of has a distinct worldview. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want to remind you all before we dive into this, that like that through, through Luke's lens about God and Jesus, we then get this, un, this revealing of, mm-hmm. of something, right? I mean, yeah. and we'll, we'll read the text in just a moment, but just, mm-hmm. just wanted to say, remember that there's, that there is also a greater narrative here that this is a part of. Yes. So, so yeah, because yeah, I think and, it's worth connecting those yeah, two. And especially what is happening in, in the time Luke is writing the gospel. Right. As yeah. Well. I'm going to go into that a little bit in my sermon, because I think it's super relevant to this text. Because Sweet. 
like literally what he's predicting is what is happening in his own time. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's but there's, let's there's read a, the gospel right, first. there's a rawness to it yeah. um in a yeah, in a powerful way. So, yes. So, okay. Luke, what where are we? Chapter 21 and starting in verse 5. Wait, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in the, in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues and There will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all of this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair on your head will be will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Oh. Feels a little contradictory there. You just told me I was going to die and be put to death, Jesus. And then you said, not a hair on my head will perish. So is my hair going to live, but I'm going to (laughs) die? That's right. But the hair's already dead. They didn't know that. Okay. (laughs) I was like, is that symbolism there? No. The hair is already dead? No. The resurrection of the hair? Resurrection of the hair? Is that going to happen for all us bald folks? That'd be awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> lots of hair will sprout from your head upon the upon the second coming. Oh, That's how you'll oh. know that'll be our signs importance. The sign importance will be that you will look like a chia pet. It'll One be day great. we woke up and Andrew just had lots of hair. And we're like, oh, the end times are near. Um, <laughs> oh, this is so this passage is. There is so much here and it is so rich, but it's also it is deeply troubling, right? Like in many yeah. ways, like it's, it's scary because Jesus is like, mm-hmm. like what's really interesting to me is they ask this question. Like, they're like, when will we know and how? And basically Jesus is like, well, you're not going to know when it comes, it comes. Yeah. He's That's like, there's going to be these things. There's going to be these things. And then, there, but he doesn't say there have to be X number of things or this or this, no, right? It's like very it's vague. It's very vague. Very vague. Yeah. And I think one of our problems when we read this is that we read it through the lens of all of our own personal baggage about like apocalypse and left behind, left behind, Tim right? like I apocalypse mean, now, like the end of the world, all the zombie movies, you know, we have all of these ideas, right? Like the hunger games, like think about how like 
when the Hunger Games begin, mm-hmm. the end times are near. Yeah. <laughs> well, think about how prevalent those things are in our no, culture. No, it's true. Like We're par- obsessed with it. Uh, well, and I think that we, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. our society does a great job of, en- really, especially with film and mm-hmm. with fiction, of engaging scientific eschatological imagination. Yeah. Right? Like of yeah. what happens mm-hmm. or what will happen. And let me tell you what, it's never good. No, and it's also... And it's also all unknown. There mm-hmm. is no, it's none scary. of us can see the future. And yeah. so, and, and that's part of the, part of the initial fear mm-hmm. is that we don't know. And so we try to spin things in different ways. We try to imagine different things. We try mm-hmm. to do that. And in some ways, in some ways, I think maybe some of the hope of this passage, like how I read it, is that Jesus is like, it's that all this stuff that you're living through right now, mm-hmm. like... That's part of it. Like that's that that, that's not separate. Mm -hmm. Right. That like your life still matters and that what is happening is still part of your story with God. Yes. That this is not irrelevant. Yeah. Which I think is an important point. And coming back to the author of Luke, right? He is writing this like between 80 and maybe the turn of the century. Right. Probably. So, yeah. So all of the temple. Yeah. So when you think about, yeah. So when you think about that, it's like 50 years after Jesus has been killed and resurrected. Um, Yeah. So there's a big chunk of time in between there. And he has experienced the temple stuff. And I was reading more about the temple stuff. And um, so the temple that Jesus was referring to here, right. If, if you know, is, destroyed in 70 and it's the second temple that is built so it's not like the old old testament there's a a time where it's destroyed the first time then it's rebuilt and this temple was like a sweet temple herod sweet temple it was like a really sweet temple (laughs) like herod who the father of the herod who's hunting down jesus did like a whole refurbishment of the temple and spent lots and lots of money on it and so it's like high class like only you know all the good you things right you go in there and you're like whoa rich people live here right like yeah that's the vibe of the temple yeah so the temple gets destroyed about 70 but before that there's like four years of warfare um infighting amongst the different um jewish groups like the pharisees the zealots all those people turning against each other uprisings people calling themselves the messiah um rome trying to squash everything oh yeah and then finally, um, Rome sieges them at seven in the year seventy for about five months. Oh and yeah, there's famine, and there's, there's, there's plague, mass, mass suffering. Yes. Right? I mean, everybody is, is yeah, suffering. It's terrible. And before they finally take over Jerusalem, and so that's the world that Luke is living in. And so when you see it from that perspective, it's like, okay, we we see you, Luke. <laughs> and it's the it's the world that he's living in, but has also lived through. Yeah. And yeah. so and so has I mean, there's so there's some referential questions here that like, does this does the source material come from Mark, mm-hmm. who was written earlier, mm-hmm. 60, 70. So maybe pre temple destruction, maybe post. We don't really totally know. Mm-hmm. Probably post. Mm-hmm. But like but it raises the question of like, how how does our world and what we've experienced impact how we tell stories? Yeah. Right. And what is significant? Because mm-hmm. to, to whether or not Jesus said these actual words and said this this way, in some ways, 
I mean, it's relevant, it matters, but in other ways, it's more along the lines of what is this speaking to a yeah. specific people in the context of the lives they've lived, especially Luke, yes, who's also really worried about those who are vulnerable, like yeah. really yeah. worried about them. Because the important part here is I think we get so caught up in like the the awfulness of it, like the scary things that are happening in the text that we don't we don't focus as much on what is the good news of this text. And that's the part that is the words of Jesus that are being carried through, right? It's the, how do you deal with this, you know? And what does Jesus say? Like after he says all these signs, he says, this will give you an opportunity to testify. Like I was reading that in preparation and I was like, whoa, like that's really powerful. So in this moment of great turmoil, when we feel like all these bad things are happening and there's chaos and, you know, trials, tribulations. Oh, totally. What are you called to do? You're well, called to remember God's story within it all. And right? that's the testimony. And there's even more to it because like mm-hmm. even if the institution as we know it is destroyed. Yeah, the temple. Right? Mm-hmm. Even if how we understand because you know in some ways this was one of the radical things of of Jesus's faith and mm-hmm. and and incarnation is that all of a sudden, the centrality of human worship was in a human being experience, mm. meaning Christ understanding humanity. It was not about going to a temple mm-hmm. to be with God. Yeah, It was that God was with us in a new way. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, it's, it's, this is a reminder that, that Jesus' incarnational reality flies in the face of our trust in institutions, right? Mm-hmm. That like... Those will crumble. Yeah, yeah. Those will fall. Mm-hmm. Even if we think that that's what's central and important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, yeah, we think that's the most essential. And we think that's the place where God is. Right. right. That's yeah. another important factor. We thought the idea that God was in the temple. Right. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is fair that they believed that because God said that. God said I would God be there. God said that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then Jesus was like, well, God's, God's in me. God's. Like yeah, you got, and that like places. that movement through time and history in the theology of the people believing that God was just in the temple to believing that God was Jesus, and then thinking about how Jesus is preparing the disciples in this moment, yeah, for when He's gone, right? When He, when I die, when you're standing in the ruins, right? When I, I have this like image when you talk about the temple, right? Yeah. Imagine standing in the ruins of your own church, you know. In that moment, how are you called to testify to God's work in your life and in the world, right? When and the disciples, when they're standing in the ruins and the like, the horror of Jesus being crucified and the body being gone, do they testify, right? Which the answer is no. Mary, Mary does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's a really powerful thing, and I also think that like tie that into like the widow piece before this and that mm-hmm. that what is being spun is is that things feel hopeless mm-hmm. and in some ways the testifying is that there is hope in the midst of this that hopelessness yeah. does not win right mm-hmm. that like no that you're called to have hope you're like called to say i can do it but then jesus offers a, that's not the end right right yeah, yeah. um you, this will give you an opportunity to testify so make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or yeah, contradict, right? right? 
And it's this moment that when you get up to testify, right, you know, this this might be a little like intensely Holy Spirit for some of us mainline Protestants. Oh, but totally. We're like, we're so uncomfortable <laughs> with this. But um, it's going to pr- you, you don't stand, have to you don't, you don't plan. have to prepare. Don't plan. It. Yeah. Should I just get up and not have a sermon prepared this Sunday? I mean, that's I'm your not going to do that. But, but like, <laughs> no, but I, th- I think it raises a really powerful question. Yeah. But I think I'm not sure that it's actually I mean, so I mean, I think you can take it both ways. But I wonder if in some ways this is actually um, Luke and Jesus, especially. I mean, Jesus through Luke's lens is saying. The world has happened to you. Mm-hmm. And you think that ultimately you still have to find a way to be in control, mm-hmm. even in the midst of this, that somehow you have to find your own voice again. Mm-hmm. And what Luke, what Jesus says is, no, beloved child of God, I have your voice. Yeah, I will give you what I you need. I will give you what you need. You need. Like, you don't have to find that. Yeah. Like, in other words, your exhaustion mm-hmm. is okay. Yeah. Right? I, I, I mean, there's something really relieving about that. Mm-hmm. And I think powerful. it's pretty powerful that Jesus says, you will see all these, all of these like turbulent things will happen, yeah. but that won't be the end. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not the end. This really isn't a an it's, apocalyptic. Right. Because most apocalyptic movies are like it all times. ends. It's a what? It's so, not the end. So here's the big question: like, because it's an apocalyptic text, what does this reveal mm-hmm. to us? Apocalypse is a revelation. Right. right. So what is the revelation here? That when things get tough, Jesus shows up and is there with wisdom, and that it doesn't necessarily mean that we're not exhausted and that we don't walk through absolutely horrific. Yeah. terrible things. No, no. But that Jesus' promise is that I will be there mm-hmm. and my words will be with you. Yeah. Right? I mean, that it's, I... W- it's my favorite quote again, right? That Jesus protects me from nothing and sustains me through everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love I love that in this. It's, it's, that's exactly what it is. It's what it is. And, and I feel like, it, I mean, you know, we just walked through, an, well, we're still walking through an election you know, some decisions haven't been decided yet. <laughs> it continues on. <laughs> it continues for however long. But like I think about like in our world as we understand elections, as we understand hurricane. I mean, we have another storm hitting Florida. That's we have right. we have still tumult in Ukraine and around the world. We have famines. We have other issues. Like there are places where people have been suffering that we haven't heard about in the news for ages because, you know, other news cycles. One other suffering has overtaken the suffering right. of another. And that the world is hurting still. Yeah. And that there's still a lot of confusion and that but that in the midst of that, mm-hmm. because I think that that's not new, mm-hmm. right? That it seems like, unfortunately, that's the reality. We get ebbs and flows in society, but like that, that there is pain, there is brokenness. And yeah. that Jesus is here. We hear Luke saying, that's not the end. Yeah. That's not. Mm-hmm. Because I think that it is so easy to think that that's the end. Mm-hmm. That it's easy to, to, grab hopelessness and to sink sink into it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easier, easy after an election. I mean, depending what political party, what election, right. To like sink into despair or Mm -hmm. despondency. It's easy to like, to see the world and be like, I can't do anything. And Jesus is like, I'm not asking you to right now, other than to, to let me work through you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's not about you doing it. It's about, can you Mm -hmm. see me? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, in some ways, this is a great anti-works passage. It's like it's that that the works are Christ's works. 
mm-hmm. through us, right? Like that it's not about what we're doing. We can't do it, right? Yes, exactly. Sorry, Lu- I, so, running with Lutheran Reformation here. Yeah, yeah. very good, very you know. good. You're, you'll, you'll pass those tests with flying colors. <laughs> um, all right. And so, so I, the, to me, that seems all very clear. But then the, the difficult part is the end, right? Oh, this gain your souls? Yeah, by your endurance, you will gain your souls. Yeah, mm. yeah. It, and that's the part that feels a little works right, just see, right? By this, but... Or is it just true, you know? And is it, what's interesting is that like, so let's, I mean, let's break that down. Yeah. Because like, what is, what is, en- it what is endurance? In the context of the hope and hopelessness yeah. too. What is endurance? Just, you have the strength to keep going. Right. right? It's not necessarily doing particular things it's about mm-hmm. continuing to be mm-hmm. right and training as well right when we think of, right. you know we yeah. were, we're both runners but yeah you know, for training for a half or full marathon oh yeah you have to have endurance and you gain endurance by keeping going right. and and, and building and building practicing which so, also means yeah which also means experiencing lots of different Feelings, different emotions, difficulties, along difficulties. The way, right? You know? Which is similar to this. Like, in some ways, in some ways, the by your endurance, also meaning, like, in some ways, Jesus is like, by the fact that you've been through all of this, by the fact that you're a human being living in the world, world and the <laughs> fact that you're still here, yeah, and you okay. will gain your souls, souls, which I mean could be translated also as eternal life. Eternal I mean, life. so, yeah, so like, which if you think about is that, is this, it's a really, I mean. It's muddy because I think that we have this conception of a soul as separate from body. Yeah. Right. I and guess that, when I think of and we, spirit. And yeah. Like, when I think I of know. soul, I think more about the soul as the connection between us and God. Right. Like the the faith aspect of it, like the relationship aspect of it, um, because when what Jesus is saying is like testify and I will. I will um, provide you with what you need, right? The wisdom that you need. Yeah, and that's the yeah. trust, the trusting that God will always provide when we are in need. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think when we think about the reality of the world, when you have given up on the idea that the kingdom of God is near, because that's something Jesus mm-hmm, says a mm-hmm. lot in the gospel mm-hmm. of Luke, right? When you've given up on that hope and that sustaining presence of Jesus, then that is when you become somebody who doesn't have that wholeness and healing and oneness with God, right? And you act in the world in a way that is reflective of that. Yeah. And who is that yeah. detrimental to? You. Right. And so I would, I mean, my under, I mean, I have a slightly different take on, on mm-hmm. soul. And, and for me, one of the things that I think about is with a soul is, is that because a soul for me, I, I hate like, Paul and platonic duality and pulling the soul and body apart. Yeah. That, that I feel that like the soul is our beloved childness is our core identity with God Mm. of who we are. Mm -hmm. And so to gain our soul is to be able to reclaim who we originally are. Well, that's good too. And our core identity. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, what, what Jesus says here from that perspective is similar, like yours with that connection, that possibility, Yeah, yeah, but is, is that by you by the fact that you have walked through all of this, mm-hmm. you have also claimed 
you have been able to say who you are, right? Been like reminded. you've been reminded of who and whose you are. In some ways, especially after this comes after the fact that he says, you'll be able to testify, but not with your words, mm-hmm. right? That he's kind of pointing back and saying, mm-hmm. who you are is not just these experiences. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than that. I don't yeah. know. Like that's that's no, where I, like that's where that I was starting yeah. to. Yeah, I think lean. we're saying similar Very things similar things, but ways. just slightly different yeah. ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. I, I think so, that it's that question yeah. of what does what does this do? And I guess, but I mean, where does the hope come? the sense of returning to right. who you're meant to be, right? And that goodness and wholeness that is found within your relationship with God, right? The and belovedness, that, right? And I would argue also that, it, that there is something about you that is untouchable mm-hmm. by everything that the world does. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that the world touches, right? In the sense yeah. that like you experience it, but like our belovedness can never be destroyed. Yes, and so it can right? be lost. Right? right, it can be lost, but it cannot be destroyed. Is different than, than destroying right. something. Yeah, and gaining something and losing something are two kind of opposites, right? right. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, in Jesus is in the lost coin, right? It comes yeah. right before yeah. this, so yeah. there is kind of that uh, imagery her, well, happening puts her two there. Points in. Yeah, like giving mm-hmm. a little bit, like giving out of scarce. Oh, there's another one that's right, a lost right? Coin. But this one, My like, bad. but this is like giving out of her absolute poverty, yeah. right? And I think that like in some ways it's the reminder that it's it's not about like it's that same lost it's it's that same abundant scarcity question because mm-hmm. it's that it's that question of like do we think it has to be about who we are and what we have and how what we do mm-hmm. and the fact that like how we navigate everything and Jesus is like well you're going to go through all of this this yeah. there's no way around it you're going to try to come up with words but please don't yeah like because the reality is that, like, I'm holding you in this. And honestly, you're, who you are, that wholeness, that belovedness of who you are that you've lost along the way comes because you have been through all of this, right? It's kind of like I think about those that have experienced You need deep, it most in the midst in of In the that. midst of it. But also, like, I think about that sometimes we lose ourselves in deep loss, but we also then find ourselves in different ways, yeah. right? And like, the there are pieces of that. People who often have faced the most hardship are the ones who are most faithful. Yeah, which is a profound thing and hard for many of us to totally comprehend. Yeah, it's right? a mystery. Yeah. You know. And and it's beautiful. And in some ways, that's what this, I mean, I don't think we can, you know, we can't totally explain everything in this passage and say, well, it's nice and tied with a bow. But like. Mm-hmm. That makes it a lot. I feel yeah. like this, this, this passage really is hopeful. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of like, it is. man, the world is brutal. Yeah, it's like but, here's the reality, but here's where I am in the midst in in the midst of that reality, and the I am being God and Jesus. And what I love about this is that Jesus, I love that that Luke's Jesus avoids the question, mm-hmm. right? Like, like they're like, when are we gonna see you? And Jesus is like, things are gonna happen. World's gonna <laughs> get destroyed. There's gonna be wars. There's gonna be famine. There's gonna be for. But and before all this. You know, you guys are going to be like persecuted and all that. He doesn't say that you're going to see me. Yeah. What he says essentially is in some ways, this is Luke's Jesus once again saying like you asked the wrong question. Yeah. Because the reality is I am always here. Yeah. I will give you you words and a wisdom. You are missing Mm -hmm. the point. Like you're asking, where am I going to be in the midst of that? I'm already there. Yeah. I'm here. Like Mm -hmm. in the midst of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it very good 
All right. Tie a bow on that. <laughs> <laughs> the wreck of the Edmund but Fitzgerald fits into the disasters. This, yeah, by the way, yeah. I mean, like, the world powerful. rages. Yeah. It's so powerful, right, to think it that is. God is there and that God is speaking. Jesus is perhaps speaking into um, Luke's time, into our time, into the time of the disciples, all of oh, those things. All of it. All yeah. of it, right? Yeah. And 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 to think that we often still miss the point, mm-hmm. right? That we still ask that question of like, Jesus, when am I going to be? F- when am I going to see you? Thinking that in seeing Jesus, we're then free of everything. Yeah. And Jesus is like, no, you will see me in the midst of all of this too. It's the both and. It's both right? and, right? That like, yeah. it's not just about that. Like, you'll see that like you're gonna you're gonna gain eternal life in the sense that like you're gonna be freed from all of it. It's mm-hmm. more along the lines of you're gonna gain it because you already have it. The kingdom of the, God has already come near. It's in the Don't midst in the it. midst of all of this. It's what has sustained you. Mm-hmm. It's what gives you voice when you don't have words. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, so yeah, I love that imagery. It's but it's I like it too. But it's also like, man, it's hard to live into. It is hard <laughs> to live into. And it's hard to see that when things are rough, you know? It is. It hard is. To, and that's the part where it's like you have to get up and testify. Right, like, and also maybe trust that the words that are coming from others are also maybe testimony, mm-hmm. right? That like maybe yeah. the spirit is working mm-hmm. in different ways. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. We'll uh, let some of it remain a little holy mystery. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's holy mystery is wonderful, aggravating at times, yeah. but wonderful, <laughs> right? Like we we need that space in part because we don't have answers. Yeah, we're, and we can't have all the answers. Yeah, and we can't. And we shouldn't. No, 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 no. I don't. If someone thinks they have all the answers, you should say you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Although that winning lottery ticket number last week would have been a nice one to have. You oh, know? Right? my mom did say she played the Powerball. And I was right. like, Meow. yeah, it's a thing. Never done that, but yeah. But like, I, I do think like um, what's what's refreshing, I think, about this. I just want to circle back is just saying that like I love the fact that in the midst of of Luke and as we wrestle with an apocalyptic text that that apocalyptic texts at their core are about hope. Mm-hmm. And I think that our society has turned them into about hopelessness yeah, and about, yeah. about trying to find who's in, who's out, mm-hmm. where do you actually survive? Often being alone. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that, that Luke's apocalyptic text is about the fact that we're not alone. Yeah. And that, that there is more to this. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. and I'm really grateful for that. Yes. Because, um, amen. Yeah, but it makes me want to go rewatch, you know, a few apocalyptic movies yeah. too. There's that one that's really good with, um, is it Tom Hanks? And he's got like that r- robot. The oh, yeah, I know. It what was you're like thinking on about. Apple. It was an Apple movie. Yeah. Okay. We'll tell you next week. We'll folks. tell you next week. <laughs> I was actually thinking about Will Smith, or is it no? I am Legend. Yeah. Yeah, that one's yeah. scary. I don't like that one. Anyway. Zombies right. and he has to kill the dog. I know. I know. Spoiler. Spoiler. I'm sorry to leave okay, you on that okay, note. Y'all. <laughs> y'all, um, on this note, go watch your favorite apocalyptic movie and try to find hope in it. But then and remember that's not true. And just remember that um apocalypse in in the biblical and literal literature um his historical perspective is about um revealing something about God or about us. Um, and here it's about revealing that God is present in the midst of all the crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we've got to wrap up. We've hit our half hour mark today. Um, thanks for, thanks for being with us. Um, 
Once again, you've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And be well, friends.